In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hello and welcome to the Bexler Podcast. You are here for a very special bonus episode. I'm excited to have a former Bachelor contestant, Bachelor in Paradise contestant, model, influencer, future podcaster, Chelsea Vaughn, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I'm great. It's great I, to see you. It's good to see you too. Um, I've met Kay, but I've never actually met you. So uh, this is a treat. There we go. A treat. <laughs> oh my God. Meeting me is a treat. I, I, I'm, I'm excited you're here. Um, you're starting a podcast next week, first and foremost. What, hey. you, what are you going to be talking about on your podcast? So the podcast is called Vulnerable. It's like a play on the word vulnerable, obviously, in my I name. I love a good, I love a good pun. I love a good word play. This yes. is great. And and what's the what's gonna be happening there? Well, I feel like people love to hear like behind the scenes about like not just reality TV, but just like the modeling industry, like For the fashion sure. industry, because I worked in corporate fashion and like influencing. Like people love to see like what actually goes on when you like pull back the curtain. Of course. So I definitely want to talk about that and kind of like be very transparent and shed some light on things for people. Cause I think on my page, people really love when I do that. So, um, so will you, when you get vulnerable, vu- vulnerable yes. <laughs> about the, uh, the, the influencer industry, will you reveal the money? That's probably what people want. Like, you know, that's the thing that you go, cause money's uncomfortable. Yeah, a little bit. Right, cause they go, you know, it, it, it's hard to say to someone, you know, me posting a picture of myself got me twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, and, and because people at home they go, "What the fuck?" Let's you get twenty for a picture. I right. I'm breaking my ass for a month, you know, or two months, or that's that's a third of my year, or two, you know, or half my year, whatever it is. Yeah, you know, and people, everyone looks at it through the prism of themselves, so it becomes almost insulting sometimes. <laughs> As crazy as that sounds, right? I think uh, people love to know about the money. Right. And but even it's the me, hardest thing to talk about. I'm even like in the industry. And like when I see people like on TikTok talking about like, this is how much I made for a brand deal. I'm like, I love to watch that. Cause I'm like, how much are people, other people making? Like I like right. to compare what I'm making. If people have specific questions, like I don't mind telling people. And there's a thin line between here are the facts and I'm bragging. Yeah. Well, I also feel weird about it. Like with the brand. Like, I feel weird, like, publicly saying, like, this is how much money I made with this brand. Like, it just feels a little tacky. It's tacky. Again, the thin line, because you're saying, well, I'm this is the show I do. This is the podcast I do. Someone asked me. Right. What is, uh, you know, and and also there's different, you know, money and what you get for something is different. You know, it might be a brand you want to work with. Yeah. So you're like, well, this brand does something for me. I'm I'm holding hands with a Versace where I'm willing to, you know, I'm, I'm bringing that out of the blue, but like I'm willing because they're high end, whatever. Now I look like I'm in Versace's world as opposed to Kmart. Yeah. You know, where, where you'd go, I need some more money. Right. 
And, and it might go the other way too. You might be like, well, I want to be the Kmart person and I don't want to be the Versace person. You know, yeah. all of those things do matter. I mean, I do. I, I think it's important to talk about it though, because like the only way that you figure out if you're making a fair amount of money is transparency. Right. It's like when you're in a corporate office and people are like, don't talk about your salaries. Like they don't want you to know what the girl next to you is making because then they're going to have to pay you the same. Right. And especially with like race and then like the gender gap, it's like, we need to talk about how much we're making so that everyone can kind of get. Right, and also to know how much you can ask for. Right. What can you push them on? It also comes down to like your fear of losing the job. Yeah. Because it's like if you, you go, well, if I ask for 10 grand more, are they just going to fire me? Right. And then I have zero. It's a game of poker. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I know. I felt like that when I first started, like when I first moved to New York and I was like looking for a job and they ask you like just in a blank box, what's your salary requirement? And you're like, well, like a... I don't want to go too high because then they're not even right. going to bring me in for an interview. Right. But I don't want to sell myself short. Like, it's just a tricky. It's tricky a, it feels like a trick question. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I graduated with uh, an econ major. I'm not I, I don't know what even that means as far <laughs> as my expertise, but game theory is a big part of economics and yeah. it, the, the whole idea of like the mo mental moves you make based on money and what, you know, the options you have. So a lot of that works into how we, you know, present ourselves and ask for what we quote unquote deserve. Yeah. So Thank I mean, God but for my manager, she's, she's helped me with that. Cause like when I first came off of the show, I would have had no idea how much money to ask for. Right. That's why you work with people that you hope to trust, but right. hold on. So you went from, the corporate world. So I, I told you this before we started. I go through everyone's bio from ABC, and the thing they concentrated on is that you went from the corporate world to the modeling world. Mm -hmm. What did you do in the corporate world, and what was that like to move to modeling? Yeah, so I am a fashion girl through and through. Like I got my degree from UGA in fashion merchandising. Okay. So when I moved here, it was like almost eight years ago now. I was like, I'm gonna work in fashion in the fashion industry in one way or the other. Mm. I really wanted to model, but I was kind of like scared when I first moved here. I didn't have any money. I didn't have like a job. I needed to pay my rent. Right. So I was like, okay, let me go into my field that I, that I got my degree in. So I was working in fashion buying, like at a corporate, uh, whatever. What, I mean, I worked at TJX. They own like TJ Maxx, Marshall Home Goods. I worked at Century Twenty One. I worked at Coach for a little bit. Um, so just like in the department where you decide what products literally go in the store, mm -hmm. and I liked it. Um, but then I was just like, okay, well, now I'm twenty something. People usually start modeling when they're like in their teens. Mm -hmm. Like I'm already behind. I really want to model. Um, so I was at like a job that I really hated at the time, which I think was a blessing in disguise. Cause I was like, okay, I'm going to leave this job regardless. Yeah. So I might as well just like try, cause I'm going to regret it if I don't try to like fully dive into modeling. Right. Um, so I quit that job. I didn't have another job. I was just like, I gave myself like a kind of security blanket with like savings. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I have about three months until I run out of money. So that, and that basically says, okay, I kind of got a fire lit under me. Right. And if it's now or never. Yeah. I Well, I understand that because I, I used to sell life insurance and annuities and things like that. And then I became a stand-up comedian. Yeah. And so I, but it, the hardest part of that, and I'm sure with model, and I wrote this in the, when I, you know, did your pre, the preview of you. Yeah. Off of the little information I had, it was like, I remember leaving and it's like, you know, you, you have to tell someone I, it's a vulnerable, weird moment. And I'm sure I can't imagine, like if I went to everyone here and was like, I'm leaving the podcast to become a model, you know, <laughs> look at you look at me first. Everyone looks at you. 
right? Did they look like they look you up and down? They say, oh, you think because I would get, oh, you think you're funny. Right? Oh, you must think you're hilarious. You, oh. you must really think highly of yourself. Haters. Did you get look, but that's what people do when the minute you go and take a chance. Did you have that? Did you did you feel that a little bit? Like when people you go, Yeah, I'm gonna be, you know, right? Right. I mean, this is gonna sound like a little conceited, I guess, but like most people were already telling me, like, what are be you doing model. here? You should be a model. Right. So it wasn't like people were shocked when I was like, I'm actually going to go be a model. Like They sure. were like, bitch, you should have been a model already. Bye. That, I mean, that's great. Yeah. I mean, that's good. It's going to make you feel good. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know? Yeah. I mean, because a model is, a, you can't, I don't know. People always say, they're like, did people tell it? I would never tell someone to do comedy. I would never. That, that, that is just, Even but, now? Even though you've like. No. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Because I can't tell them to want to do it. Yeah. You know, like modeling, I, I don't know what goes into that. I want to know. But yeah. like, you know, you you have to go out, uh, auditions, fittings, all that type of thing. Like, you got to want to get out of bed to do it. Yeah. And you can't, like, if someone doesn't have it in them and you're like, no, you got, like, the world doesn't need another model. <laughs> and it doesn't need another fucking idiot funny guy. Yeah, but you could say that about quite literally everything. Sure. Like, I think that's just people's excuse to to... I don't know. Be scared to actually try new things. Well, that's my excuse for not telling other people to do it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I, I I, don't need, you know, I can't, you know, push someone. I mean, when you get into modeling, what is, like, the hardest part about doing it? Mm, I think you have to be mentally strong and, like, have a thick skin. Because you're like going to get turned down. Yeah, because yeah. everyone's and everyone says that when they talk about modeling industry. Like, oh, it's a tough industry. Like, mm -hmm. you got to have this. You got to have that. But, like, it's really... There's, it's very unique in the way where, I mean, maybe comedy is the same, but like there's not a lot of jobs where you're just getting rejected over and over and over and over and over again. Listen, I, it's a story of my life. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like you have to eventually get to the point where you realize, okay, this isn't personal. Mm -hmm. It's a business. I didn't get the job this day because maybe I didn't fit the role. Like that day it has nothing to do with me or how pretty I actually am or whatever. Or right. Like, has nothing to do with my self-worth. Right. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but you can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. So free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. And for just $98 a month, you can get your choice of any six styles each month. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. Get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. And always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. Newly is a great value of $98 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up using the code Bachelor20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code Bachelor20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com Newly with two U's with the code Bachelor20. Newly subscription clothing rental 
Change your clothes. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You just got back from San Francisco. Yeah. I love San Francisco. Great drinking city. Great eating city. But you were, before we started taping, you mentioned you were there for a very specific reason. What were you doing? Yeah, I was in like the Oakland, San Ramon area, but I was there freezing my eggs. Good for you. So what... What made you kind of make that decision? What 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 got you going on that? Yeah. Um, so a couple of my friends from The Bachelor, actually, like Angela, Kendall, Becca, Natasha, um, a lot of us have frozen our eggs. And so um, there's like a there's a whole crew. There's this whole bachelor, the whole bachelor crew of us in the freezer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we've been working with a doctor named Dr. Amy. And yeah. Caroline Lunny, she was actually the first one to work with Dr. Amy. Um, she had like a, this whole long journey with her fertility and she found out she was like 29 when she started the process and she found out like all of these things that she didn't know and she mm -hmm. had autoimmune disorder and all this stuff. Um, so I like followed her journey and watched what she went through and kind of was just like, I think a lot of women think like, okay, well, I'm in my 20s, like I have a lot of time, blah, blah, blah. Um, but you really don't realize like you got to start kind of early with these things. Okay. And so. How early? What's, what, what, what have you learned? Um. I mean, I think late 20s is a good time, mm -hmm. but I specifically, like I just turned 30. I don't really know when I'm planning to have kids. Mm -hmm. um, so it kind of just takes the pressure off of like, oh my God, that biological clock is ticking. Right. I, I mean, I, first of all, I love that there's like a corner of the freezer that's bachelor <laughs> contestants. Yeah. I love that there's like, and over here, you know, that you you got your locker next to someone, you know, yeah. <laughs> that you were on the show with. <laughs> and has it changed your mentality for dating? Hmm. Not really, because I feel like I really did this for me mm -hmm. because I don't think you need a man to have a baby. Okay. I mean, physically, you literally don't. Sure. Um, science is amazing now. Yeah. And I think I just really wanted to do it because I'm, I am I have no plans on having a baby in the next few years. But it's something you want for your future. But yeah, but I do think it's something I want for the future. And it's kind of nice to just like have that moment of being empowered. Like I have control over my own fertility. I don't have to be like, okay, because at age 35, the risks double and then you're considered having a geriatric pregnancy. It, it is the most, to me, most unbelievable, somewhat comical thing <laughs> is that the minute that they couldn't find a better name for it. Geriatric. <laughs> like that they, they just go from <laughs> pregnancy to geriatric <laughs> in one day. You're yeah. 34. <laughs> Oh, you're pregnant. And then 35, they're like, here's your cane, old woman. You yeah. know, like, it's weird. <laughs> like, they couldn't have had, like, middle eight. You know, like, isn't there? No, yeah. It escalated straight quickly. Straight to Sophia <laughs> from Golden Girls in two but that's, seconds. I mean, but that's kind of how it is. It's like, it's literally just like, you're 34, and then 35, the risks double. Right. It's, it's just overnight. Yeah. It's like uh, daylight savings. All of a sudden, you're like, we went back an hour? What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no. So I think it's really cool that like a lot of us have been able to do it. And I'm so grateful that we were able to. Um, my doctor was amazing. And we're going to be in this documentary film about fertility and IVF and families. So that was the opportunity is that, hey, be in the documentary. We'll hold a space for you. 
we'll, we'll, we'll freeze your eggs. Yeah. So Dr. Amy's working with a filmmaker mm-hmm. and just, you know, I agreed to participate in the documentary and froze my eggs in the process. Love it. Good yeah. for you. This is so cool. And I'm sure, I mean, again, I know nothing about the process. Yeah. I, I know, <laughs> I literally, in my mind, I'm imagining a freezer that has eggs in it. I mean, like, yeah, that's I think- how dumb I am. <laughs> um, and I think what there's, I'm not so unlike other people who would want to watch a documentary yeah. to get a little bit more educated and something that's so scary because it's your body. Right. And, you know, all this science stuff that you're not sure about. And they, you know, you can really help someone, I think. Yeah, and that's why I was posting about it on my story and like my page so much over the mm-hmm. past two weeks because the whole process takes about like two weeks. Um, and I was just like, so many women were reaching out to me like, I'm doing it too. Or like, right. I was thinking about doing it, but I'm scared. I didn't know like how it was going to go. So I think just like showing my process and just educating people on it has really helped. Will this be part of the, I guess, you know, your podcast, Vulnerable. <laughs> This is always going to be in the background of your the things you're talking about. Yeah, like, like that's the interesting part. That's why I asked about like when it's dating. Mm. I would I would understand not that you need a guy, right? But the uh, the idea of like you're not thinking of the person as like a future father. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like on date one, it might. I would think you know, I go on a date, I go, what would life be like with this person? Okay, I still think that. I'm sure. No, I'm sure, <laughs> but I, I would think it. it it's kind of like take it because I think it. And I'm not thinking of like my eggs going away. Right. So I would think that, so maybe you're, you know, getting the opportunity to not have that on your mind. Yeah. I think it just takes the pressure off in general. Right. Like it's not like, okay, well, in the next few years, I've got to have, a, I have to have a kid. I have a question. Yeah. Could you be 80 and be like, bring out the eggs? I'm ready. <laughs> Could you? Yeah. You, you can freeze the eggs for as long as you want, I think. Really? Like you literally have to sign paperwork that says like, if I die and I don't want the eggs, like I could donate them to somebody else. Like somebody could thaw your eggs out. Like somebody yeah. could thaw mine out in 45 years and use them. Or if I wanted to, I could thaw them out in 10 years and implant them in a surrogate. Really? Yeah. So I don't even have to birth this them. This is like science fiction yeah. <laughs> shit. Right? Isn't it crazy? I, yeah. And I don't mean that as, um, I hope that doesn't sound mean. No, I like, think a lot of people just don't know. I didn't yeah. know. I barely knew anything about it before I started the process. What I think is funny is like, you know, it's very easy to slam dunk on a man, you know, make the joke of like a, like a 50 year old man being like, I'm too busy for a relationship. I'm not ready to commit yet. Yeah. I like the idea that there's might be 50 year old <laughs> women being like, I think I'm ready. Yeah. I think this is the time. I'm not ready you know, to have a kid yet. I'm not ready now, yet. Now I am. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, you could, I could literally follow them in 20 years if I wanted to. I love it. Yeah. It's great. All right, let's talk about The Bachelor now. You take your career into your own hands by applying to The Bachelor. Yeah. Right? I mean, in your mind, I, I know you're going on The Bachelor to find love, but you're like, this is an opportunity Yeah. to get, uh, you know, uh, to say, I, I take control of my own, you know, following and my own life. Like I, with me starting podcasts was like, okay, I'm not getting cast. You know, they don't, I'm not going, they're doing guy code and you're not one of the guys, you know? So what are you going to do? You got some free time, start yeah. a podcast, write about the bachelor contestants, <laughs> you know, you know, go direct to consumer. Was that the idea with going on the bachelor was like, Hey, I can go on this show. I can get, you know, seen and, you know, be on, on there and get maybe a following. That wasn't really my personal idea. Okay. Like I wasn't like, well, the only reason I was really at a lull with modeling is because of COVID. Sure. So it was, I was like reaching my peak for modeling stuff mm-hmm. and then COVID happened. So like the industry shut down, everything shut down, whatever. So me applying for The Bachelor was truly out of like 
boredom and I'm not doing anything. I got the time. It's 2020. I've got the time. I just want to see mm-hmm. what the like application looks like. Because I used to watch the show. So I was right. like, let me just look. And then they actually announced that it was Matt James. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, first Black Bachelor. Like, I would actually go on that season. He's someone I would actually date. Yeah. And before that, I was like, I would never. Like, I Colton or like Peter, like I would have never applied for this. I'm sorry, right. <laughs> never, never would have been caught dead. Right. Um. And how, I. Well, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. How long's the the app? I do under. My brother and I love the Amazing Race, mm-hmm. and I remember we were like, let's look at the, what the application is, and it was like, like this. It was like a book. Okay, like, that was the thing that got me though, because I was like, let me just look at what the application right. is. You go on bachelornation.com or whatever, and it's just like a few questions. Okay. One picture, Instagram That's handle. That's how they get you. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then like, why do you want to be on the show? And that was it. And I was like, okay, I'll submit this. Like, okay. whatever. And then next thing you know, it just snowballed into me being on a couple of seasons. <laughs> Love it. So what's the hardest part about going on the show? Hardest part? Mm, I think I just really, like, I like to... It makes me feel safe to do a lot of research and to know what I'm getting myself into. Right. So I felt like, okay, I I watched the show. I wanted to do more. Like, I didn't start listening to podcasts until I was about to go on the show. Uh Like, I started with Bachelor podcasts. I was just like, I want to hear from former contestants. I want to hear, like, everything I can possibly hear to, like, know what I'm going to sign up for. Right. And then when you get there, you still, like, are smacked in the face. Like, you just don't know. Right, because in... You know, we talk about this a lot on this show, like it's a Petri dish. Yeah. They're going to keep putting in variables. Yeah. You know, so like, oh, this is the most dramatic season because you go in thinking 30 women, one guy, that's it. And then they go, well, we're going to split up the women and you go here and you go there and you do this date and you do that date yeah. and all these things happen and you can't prepare yourself for you something like that. You truly just can't prepare for anything. And I think I just like to be in control of things. Right. So like that was the hardest part for me. Like I was completely out of control. You kind of just have to be like, okay. I can't, I can't control anything here. I just have to go with it. Now, you walk in as a model. Yes. Is this like, oh shit? Like, are people like a model? <laughs> like, like, cause you know, looks are a part of this, and you go and you're gorgeous. But this, just the title of model is like someone who's there as a account executive. Yeah. Is like, ah, <laughs> oh, fuck, they're bringing in the Avengers. You know, like, I did mean, you get that feedback? Were there people that were like, I guess I should just go home. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. You're right. Like, I do think that people tend to be intimidated by me just because like, I am six feet tall. Like mm-hmm. I was wearing heels. I was wearing like this couture gown and then like I'm right. the runway model. Like people were like, whoa, when I walked in. Right. Um, and, and everyone gets that. Everyone is reduced, and and this isn't, but this is the show to a the model, right? The scientist, the doctor. You know that's what TV does, and that, and I'm sure is it that way in the house at first? Mm. Like you walk in, the model. Kind of right. for me, yeah. I think yeah. people love to do that. Like, oh my god, the runway model, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, not everyone else. Like I don't specifically off the top of my head remember. Like, oh my god, she's an insurance salesman. Right. <laughs> <laughs> not as memorable. <laughs> Not as memorable. Yeah. Oh. But you get to know each other so fast. Like you get to know the girls so fast that it's like on night one, you feel like, cause it's so many hours, you just feel like, okay, you're really close. So it's not like I'm just thinking about their job titles, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you, uh, is there anyone right away that are like, are, are, are friends and foes on night one? Are there people you're like, uh-uh, yeah, huh? Mm, I'm like big on energies. Like I like you to gravitate towards people that are like chill and I feel like genuine kind of people. Anyone who was hamming it up for the cameras, I was like, I would like to stay as far away 
as possible. It's got to be exhausting. Yeah. It's a long night and you, you know, someone is like at a 10 yeah. at every minute of it. And then you went on Bachelor in Paradise. I did. What was that like? Um, I mean, it wasn't the best. Well, I, I didn't find love. You know, I came in halfway through. There was like before the split week this season, like last season for us, it was like the when I came in, it was like the VIP party when they brought right. in like four girls at once. And if you didn't make a connection, like maybe you weren't going to go to the beach. And like, I forgot about this. I yes. didn't know that was going to happen, obviously. Again, a, a variable entered into the Petri dish. That right. I couldn't have predicted. Um, so I was kind of just like, all right, it's a shit spot to be in. Like, obviously, right. I wanted to be there on day one. And everyone had kind of like, you know, I don't know. Everyone's like, it feels like you've been there for two years when you've been there for two weeks. So by the time I got in, I'm like, hey, guys, like, I'm finally here. Everyone was just like. Oh. So wait a minute. <laughs> this, is a, this, is a, this is interesting to me. So you're flown in. They're already going on. It's not like you're in like another hotel nearby waiting for them to go, you know, Chelsea, you know, you're in. It's not like that. It depends. So they do fly people in like periodically based on when they want you to come out. But right. there's a lot of unpredictable variables. Like they're playing, you know, chess with a lot of different things. Right. There's a lot of moving parts. So depending on what happens on the beach, maybe you were supposed to come in, in the beginning, but you end up sitting in your hotel room for two weeks. What do you do in the hotel? Like, what would you do? Like just hang by the pool? <laughs> Is there like, you know, like you go to the gym? Like, what do you do? You can't do much. Um, yeah. You, you can't really just like hang out by yourself. You right. Have, you have to like... Just pretty much, it's almost like quarantine. Oy. Yeah, brutal. And you're probably thinking like, oh, I'm going to go to Mexico. I'm going to be in this great vacation. And then yeah. it's like, um, here's your holiday in. Yeah. And <laughs> like, it was a nice resort, actually, okay. that I was trapped in. But still. Um, but yeah, by the time I got there, it was like there weren't a ton of single guys like that right. I got to choose from. And you kind of um, have to make, and again, based on what you just said, as far as like, you're big on vibes. You're not going to go in there and be on. Right. Which I wouldn't want to be either. You got to walk in midway through and like you kind of have to be something you're not because you're like, or, or if to stay like, hey, everybody, come date me. <laughs> you know, Leave your girlfriends. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like I had to be something I wasn't, but I just felt like the people that went day one had more. They obviously had more options, like, and everyone, everything was fresh. All the connections were new. Everyone came there at the same time. Right. It just feels like you're late. Like, you just come in late, and it's and everyone's just like, oh, hey. <laughs> what do you think of this season? Watching it's, from afar, what do, you, uh, what do you see that maybe we don't see as just regular It's hard viewers? for me to watch as a regular person now, obviously. Oh, sure. It's like when um, you know how a TV show is made. You, it loses you, the magic. Right. Yeah. Um, and I actually haven't watched anything since my no i watched michelle's season because she was on my season so mm -hmm. i like, wanted to support michelle mm -hmm. but after that i didn't watch any bachelor or bachelorette so this is the first one where i like kind of came back yeah um the previews really got me like they entice i was like this looks like a shit show like, it's, I, it's been, <laughs> I, gotta I gotta it. say like i i think it's been good um it's funny that like and i think i've said this before on this podcast but like i like the bachelor and bachelorette the first few episodes the last few episodes mm. the middle is okay. Yeah. This, I think, Bachelor in Paradise kind of goes the opposite. First few, I'm like, uh, you know, meet the people. The last few, all right, they're going to get married or engage, whatever that's going to happen. The yeah. middle, where people are like shuffling around yeah. and trying to find chairs during, um, you know, <laughs> during. Uh, that is true. Right? There, when the music turns off, yeah. uh, that's the fun. Yeah. So I've enjoyed the middle of this 
more than I, I think last season um, because there's been some shuffling. Yeah. You know? I think when I first started watching it, I was like just super anxious. Like it just gives me anxiety now just because I know like the behind the scenes and yeah. I just, I, I've been there and I was just like, ah, oh, this is stressing me out. But a lot of the people from the season, I don't know because I didn't watch Clayton's. I didn't watch Gabby Rachel's. I didn't watch it. So sure. it kind of is like lets me take a step back and be like, okay, I can watch them as just like TV characters again. Right. You can, <laughs> you can get to know them in your own way. Yeah. That's I yeah I I don't know I've enjoyed the season I I think um, the Rodney what is it you know the Rodney situation where he is loved by everyone except the girl that he's trying to get with <laughs> that was such a line right that was such a line yeah. and it was very Brandon because he's a kind of a romantic right. type and a little bit like dramatic in his own right. What is that? How does that work where someone's like loved by everyone? Like, you know, like it, it seems like it's like this, like they're almost cheering for Rodney in a way that's like, I, like, I remember this would happen in like high school where everyone's like, we love that person. I'm like, yeah. okay, calm down. <laughs> right. How yeah. does that, how does someone like make themselves this, like, you know, on the beat? Like, was there someone like that at your season where everyone's like, that's the best person alive. No, don't question it. We need to find them love. <laughs> um, I think like what doesn't get shown. So why it's confusing like to a viewer is that you're just as close with everybody else there as like the people that you're romantically close with. So like okay. you really get to know people. So I think that's why everyone was like, so, oh my God, we love Rodney because everyone knows each other really well when you're there. And, and I guess you want to keep certain people on the beach because they're like fun to be around as a yeah. group. If it's like, yeah, good energy, like right. they're just fun, like they make everyone laugh, like everyone wants that person to stay. Um, I'm trying to think of my season if there was anyone like that. By the time I came in, I don't know. But I do understand it's like it's it's interesting that like your time depends on someone else having a significant other. <laughs> you know, so yeah. like, you know, like it's like going on like a trip with two other couples. Like if one of the couples is like, we're le it kind of like ruins the party for everyone. If they start fighting and they're like, we're leaving, we have to get out of here. Yeah. And you're like, we kind of had this good thing going on with everyone having fun at the pool and getting drunk all day. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck? Don't don't ruin our time. I wonder if like it could have just been how it was edited. But like, I felt kind of bad for Justin. Like I thought a lot of these people were really close with Justin and they right. made it seem so like Rodney, Rodney, Rodney. And I don't know, Rod like I don't know either one of them actually. Um, <laughs> well, it, you're right. It did feel like they're like, we all want to, it's, it's as if the whole beach was like, ha it was giving out their rose yeah. collectively yeah. to not Justin. <laughs> and I, yeah. And I know Eliza's getting like a lot of shit, but I think that I can understand the whole, like I felt kind of pressured. Cause it's like, if everyone on this beach is like, hey, do what you want to do, girl, but <laughs> Rodney, like. <laughs> I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, I, because it's hard. It, it's hard and like, well also everyone on the beach is going, just the way you explained it, the, the idea that like, hey, we're having fun with Rodney here. Yeah. Don't fuck this up for all of yeah. us. And then Eliza's like, I kind of want to just, and, and Rodney's coming on strong. Yeah, It looked like he was coming on like, coming on strong in the way where it's like, I don't believe in coming on too strong. Like, I think you are, you feel how you feel. Right. But his feelings were on chapter 10 and hers <laughs> were on chapter one, very obviously. Yeah. And she was looking, and it seems as though she's looking for a chapter one hang. Mm. And Justin feels very chapter one hang. <laughs> Justin feels very like, let's get drinks, have fun, make out on a street corner, and maybe we won't call each other the next day. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Doesn't it seem that? I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I don't personally know either one of them, but I feel like they're both probably 
good guys. It just it was it was heavily edited towards we all love Rodney. Right. Yeah. Now the Brandon uh, Serene thing, where they're like in love on your season. Was there a couple like that where you're like, they're going to get engaged and you go and everyone just knew and they're going to. And how was that seen by everyone else? Because when you watch Brandon and Serene, you go and I mean, as a viewer, you go, I guess they're in love. Like, I, I guess they're going to get engaged in this weird way. Yeah. Like, and everyone on the beach seems to be stamped it. Of course, they're going to get engaged, like, like yeah. which is crazy after two weeks to go or whatever, three weeks it is to go. Well, of course they're going to get engaged. Like, did that happen on your se- on your season? Um, I think it's like hard for me to look at it objectively, just because like when I saw them, I'm like, okay, they could easily get engaged because I watched people do it, like Serena and Joe and Mari and Kenny, right? And so like when you looked at them on the beach, like I was like, I think they're definitely like I think they're definitely getting engaged. Not Serena. I didn't think Serena and Joe were, but I thought Mari and Kenny were for sure, and I thought Marissa and Riley were. Well, because Mari. And Kenny, he was like hooking up with Demi. Demi. Yeah. Right. And so even with that, you were like, oh, okay, they'll get back <laughs> together and get engaged. Well, I got there after all that happened. Right. So I Water only saw the, the Yeah, I only saw the happy period, I guess. <laughs> so you're gonna have a podcast. Yeah. Starting next week. It is. Vulnerable. Yes. For what's your what's the makeup of the show? What's the first guest? What's uh, when people obviously this is the best way to like promote a podcast is to be on because I'm a podcast listener. Yeah. I have a rolodex of shows. Then what? Where does where does this show fit in? What can people expect? I think bes- like besides the behind the scenes like industries that I was talking about, mm. I also want it to be like a fun like just shooting the shit conversation kind of podcast. Right. Because those are my favorite ones to like to listen to. Like Girls Gotta Eat and yeah. like, I don't know, We Met at Acme, like those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want it to be a mix between that, which will be like more lighthearted and then like some serious stuff. So like the first episode is gonna be me by myself, just like explaining who I am for people who didn't watch the show or like right. for people who think they know me because of the show. Um, and then the second episode and my first guest is actually going to be Abigail Herringer. Okay. My bestie from my season. Love it. Um, so we really like dug deep. It wasn't like a Bachelor episode, but mm-hmm. it was more like the reality of reality TV. Okay. Like we talked about the effects that it genuinely had on us and like our mental health and like what we weren't expecting, how naive we were, like what hurt, like it was deep. Um, so that's going to be the first episode. Was there a positive impact on your mental health? No. No. I would All say negative. No. Yeah, I would not on my mental health. I would say uh, there was a positive impact in general on me and my life. Okay. Because um, mental health, whenever someone brings up the mental health effects. Right. That it, it goes down the road of like, you know, a serious topic. But sometimes yeah. you go, well, you know, I got, I, I have this whole new life now. You know, there can be positive effects in some, in some cases, you know. That's my personal answer. So yeah, yeah, no, that's okay. Um, yeah, no. And I think. The longer that it goes on, like the longer that we've been far removed from the show, the more we realize kind of how much of an effect it had. Mm. Yeah. Is it from audience that you're hearing from or is it from just being on the show in general? It's from being on the show and filming. Yeah. Like what goes on when you're actually filming and like the bubble that you're in and kind of like the manipulation and the producer, like all of that. Mm -hmm. It really fucks with your head. 
Um, and then after the show, it's like the being in the public eye, like scrutiny, everyone having an opinion on everything you do. Right. And, and you don't have. And because I've been in these situations where you can see the per, I remember I've been on productions where you see what the the producers all think that you have no idea what's going on. Yeah. And I don't think they're bad people like but they're they have a job to do and some are better than others. But yeah. some but sometimes I have been in the position where a producer talks to you as if you are buying their snake oil. <laughs> right? Like it's yeah. like I'm not, I you know I and you you're sitting there like like just talk to me like a human. Like right. I I don't need to be hey, why don't you go over there? Yeah. And you go why do you need me to go over there? Just talk to me about it, like a real person. <laughs> and that was me the whole entire season. And right. I think that's why, like, I think some of my choices caused me to not be as like, not get as much screen time or not get as, not get a one-on-one -on -one date. Like, I think had I made different choices or maybe like played into some things a little bit more, I right. could have, but that's just very much not me. So like whenever a producer came to me like, like that, yeah. I was just like, can you, can you just be real with me? Right. It's like, an annoying energy. If you I, need me to do something, just tell me and like, maybe I'll consider it. Don't try to manipulate it out of me. That's the, that is the the biggest thing is like, listen, I can play the game. Here, right. But let me know what the game I'm playing. You know, don't make it. So how about you walk through door number yeah. three and you go, well, what's behind door number three? <laughs> um, I'm here. I came on a reality show. I yeah. understand there's going to be a surprise. You know, <laughs> the, you want me to look surprised, but like, right. let me make a decision where I can have control over my life after the show. Exactly. And that's, and that's the hard part is like, you go, okay, I'm not going to play along with you. Now I'm shown less. Right. Now other people, they show me in whatever way they want to show me. Other people get to have their opinion on it. I can't respond to every Instagram comment or, well, right. <laughs> this is what really happened because right. it's not worth your time. Yeah. I think that was a big thing for me. Cause I was just like, and that's when like you're saying some producers are better than others. Like, that's like, like some producers I actually was like, okay, you're cool because you'll actually be honest with me as much as you can. But right. like, I understand we're on a TV show. You understand we're on a TV show. Like, just just be real with me. Right. We're both college educated, normal people. Right. You know, that, and that's what gets frustrating is that I think maybe at a certain time in reality TV, it was a more desperate person mm. on the show. Yeah. And maybe that game could work. Yeah. Where you have someone who's on a show to... Oh my God, TV. Yeah. And that's less of a thing now. Like, especially you come from corporate America, you come from modeling, you yeah. know, you're a sophisticated person. Like it, it is, I, I, I know it just cause I've been in it. I haven't been on The Bachelor. I, you know, I'd be too fat to go on, but I, <laughs> the, the, but I do know what these producers kind of, I know the good ones and I know the ones you go, come on. Yeah. That's what, yeah. Cut the shit. I, exactly. I was right. just like, you gotta, you gotta stop. Like, it's just, yeah. And then Paradise, it was like, I mean, I didn't really, I really didn't want to go on Paradise. Like, I, I had decided I was not going to go. What made you go? I think, well, because my season was such a shit show with, right. like, Chris Harrison and then, like, the whole thing. And, and like you're locked the, inside a resort as well, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Um, so it was kind of just like, I don't know. I just, I felt like. I was told a lot of things about like, okay, this is going to be very different. Like we know the franchise is lacking on diversity and mm -hmm. da, 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 da. it's the first black bachelor. Like we're going to have a lot of people of color. It's going to be great. And then like the whole thing happened and I was kind of just like, mm, that didn't turn out how I thought. Right. Um, so I was just like, I don't want to do it again. Mm -hmm. But I think I had been like, I had been convinced. Like I had been convinced by a couple of producers and like EPs that it was 
Paradise is different. Right. And it, it is different, but in my opinion, worse different. Worse different. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they're like, it's going to be different. Like, it's so much fun. You just get to lay on the beach and like, it's not as like serious and dramatic. It's more lighthearted, blah, blah, blah. And then when I got there, I was kind of just like, this isn't really that fun. It just feels like work. It felt like right. work to me. Yeah. And it's funny because like, that's, I never got into Bachelor in Paradise and what turned me off was like, and I could see that might turn someone on to go on that that opening montage where they show everyone doing their jokes <laughs> about themselves, right? The almost paradise <laughs> song, and everyone's joking around and making fun of their thing, right? And I could see for me, I'm like, well, I don't want the people making fun of themselves. I, I'm making fun of them. I do that. <laughs> yeah, I do that. So I I go fuck this show. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that was my feeling, but I could see on the other side of that. From your position, you go, oh, look, at they're all making fun of themselves. This right. is fun. This like, is lighthearted. It's a little more chill. Like, it doesn't have to be so serious. Right. Like, you don't have to talk about your traumas on a one-on-one -on -one date. Like, it just right. seemed more chill. Right. So I was like, okay, I'll hang out with my friends. And, like, all my friends were, like, getting convinced, too. So then it was like, none of us were going to go. And then all of a sudden, everyone's like, okay, I'm going. Okay, I signed my contract. Okay, I'm going. And then I was like, well, Now we shit. got a crew. Yeah, now, now my whole friendly group is going to be there. Like, I'm going to be the only one that doesn't go. And then I was like, okay, fine, I'll go. Would you ever do another <laughs> reality show? I would. I'm yeah. not like, I mean, I probably wouldn't do dating again, right. but I, well, I do love Love Island. Okay. Like, but that is dating. But I think, meh. Uh, one of my producers from Bachelor was a producer on Love Island, and mm -hmm. she was like, you'd hate it here. It's like paradise on steroids. And I was like, okay, maybe okay. not. Um, but I would love to do a competition show like The Challenge or like, oh. I don't know, Big Brother Survivor. I've never actually seen Survivor. I love Survivor. Yeah, people I, love Survivor. So I was, I used to watch it, like when it first came out, I was yeah. like, I've watched every reality show. I've yeah. watched, I've taken like a, a little, reality show yeah, show. huge, I, like I'll take a little taste of everything. I know it, like I, 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 even from young age, always in on reality. Um, Survivor I was in and then I fell out and then during the pandemic they had the first two seasons mm. uh, or they had like two seasons on, I think it was Netflix. And I was like, fuck it. And I got back into it, watched like all the all-star seasons yeah. and stuff. It, it would be a fun, I think that'd be a fun show to go on, but it would be, what a mind fuck. I don't know if I could sleep outside. <laughs> well, that's how I feel about, um, well, the outside thing is bad. Right. Um, about Big Brother. Like, it seems like a cool thing, but they really like, you're trapped in there for like months. Big Brother, I couldn't do. And then it's a whole, the whole thing is a mind game. I don't think I could do that. Yeah, I couldn't. I, um, I Survivor, at least... At least there's, at least I gotta go catch the fish would keep me busy. Yeah, that's how I feel about the challenge. It's like, there's actual challenges. It's yeah. not just about the bullshit. It's like, okay, you can compete to win things. So I was like, okay, I would do that. That seems fun. Right. Yeah. If you could do one thing to the Bachelor franchise, what would you do? Like, to change it? You get to make one, you get to do, add, add one thing to this show. Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise, Bachelorette, whatever, whichever one you do. You get to make one change and they have to they have to do it next season. What would you do? I probably I love, I love a dramatic pause. <laughs> I love No one's ever asked me this, okay? Well, I gotta, gotta I think about it. On you with a, you know, yeah. Um I would probably switch out the <laughs> switch out the executive producers. Re new producers. Yeah, get rid like, of them. New just just the ones at the top. At the top. Yeah, because okay. like, I think that they're so stuck in like, they have this formula, right? Mm -hmm. And it worked for a very long time. Mm -hmm. But I think like, if I was 
if I was one of the EPs or like showrunners or whatever, and I like watch the show and get on Twitter like I do, like I would look at what people are saying and maybe like change things differently. Like I mm-hmm. think the show is on a steady decline mm-hmm. and other shows like Love is Blind or like Netflix streaming, like that, those kind of shows like people are more into. Mm-hmm. And I think the like old school, like, I don't know, the whole formula for what made The Bachelor, it, like what it is, is not, it doesn't, it's not, I don't know. It's not relevant anymore. See, I, 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 my opinion on that is, I think it's funny that you say the EPs, like the the head honcho yeah. types. I, I think they're 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 making money. You know, it's like they're almost playing. You know, in football, prevent defense. Yes. They're in the lead. We gotta. We're gonna we're gonna play so that we don't let anyone else score. But just keep making. You know, this cash cow. Keep it going. Yeah. Because as far as live TV is concerned, The Bachelor is still a money maker. So there, you know, as as far as the ratings are concerned, all ratings are down in all TV. Okay. So like, if someone's gonna like, as far as like shows that aren't DVR'd, you know, like people yeah. watch The Bachelor like they do a live sporting event yeah. with the show. So they are doing. I think in their small world, they're doing okay. They don't feel the decline because they're just mm. like we're gonna run this out until it until it dies. I guess they don't. So they don't get creative. Yeah, I've always said. The lack of creativity, like the like the fact that we're doing the same dates every year. That's bad. Yeah, there were some th- dates that I did that were exact replicas of like the season before. Right. And it's like ever the same people are watching the show. Like we know you're recycling the dates. Right. Is there a writers' room at all? Like no one even said like, how about we, you know, let's go and like I'd like to see like everyone order from a menu. <laughs> A date menu? Right, like a, no, like a like a food menu. Oh. <laughs> like, I want to see, and and if your order matches the bachelor or bachelorette, you go to the next course, <laughs> right? Like, like if you were like, I, you know, you're at a tapas place, choose four, four items, and then they choose four <laughs> items, and it's like where, you know, the match happens. I don't know, everyone goes on a tapas day. To put Jared in the date team. <laughs> Listen, I, I've been given ideas here for way too long. I, I, But this has been great. Chelsea, thank you for coming on. This is fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. It's so fun. And we want everyone to go follow you on Instagram, yes. all of the socials, TikTok, at Chelsea Vaughn. Yes, at Chelsea Vaughn on Instagram and at Chelsea Vaughn underscore on TikTok. Uh, so go follow, go follow. <laughs> and vulnerable. Yes. It's coming. Give me the date that it starts because this will come out today. Today, so it's a week from... It's coming out on Monday, the 14th. Monday, the 14th. Yes. So can, is there something out now to be able to subscribe now? Not yet, but okay. it, but it will be soon. <laughs> so follow Chelsea on Instagram and on TikTok, at Chelsea Vaughn on Instagram, at Chelsea Vaughn underscore on TikTok, so that you can see the minute it comes out, I'm sure there's going to be links and bios and yes. all that stuff. So, But we want to make sure everyone gets on board. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Podcast is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amy Clackner. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. And be sure to follow at The Bachelor on Instagram and Bachelor Pod on Twitter. And send us your emails to Bachelor at Betches.com. Betches.